to Fresh Word with Reverend Tunde Amosu. Let's start on a lighter mood today. You know, I, I had uh, a early friend years ago. Uh, uh, she was attending a church called All Saint Church. And I asked her a question. I said, are you a saint? She said, uh, no. I said, what are you doing in All Saints Church? <laughs> if they are all saints, you don't belong in there. That's just a joke. I've got something I want to ask you today. Very... Uh, honest question. Are you righteous? Hold, hold on. I'm not trying to make life difficult for you, try to, you know, challenge you about your religiosity or your morality. But are you righteous? Uh, you know that word, when we use that word righteous, we think it means somebody who is super good, somebody great, somebody powerful, somebody who doesn't make any mistakes, somebody who has his clean slate before God and uh, is really on track record of performance that is making everyone to really look at the person and is enviable among men. So the word righteous is, uh, are you righteous? I mean, if it comes to the idea that it is that we are all great, we don't have any fault, we great, we, <laughs> it's difficult to just answer no. I know you may say we are, we are righteous because, I mean, we are as good as everybody else, but let's be honest with ourselves today. Righteous. That means what? The Bible used the word righteous a lot. And uh, it's quite interesting the way you use that word righteous. Let's take a look. God was talking to Abraham one time in Genesis 15. And this was discussion they had in Genesis 15. God was talking to Abraham and listen to this verse 1. After these things, the Lord of God came to Abraham in a vision saying, Don't be afraid, Abraham. I'm your shield. You exceeding great reward. Abraham said, Lord God, what will you give me? Saying I go childless and the heir of my house is because of Damascus. No, he had no child. God said, I'll give you so many things. What I'm going to do with so many things if I don't have a child. Then Abraham said, Look, you have given me no offspring. Indeed, the one born in my house is my heir. And behold, the Lord came to Abraham saying, This one shall not be your heir, but one who will come from your own body shall be your heir. Verse 5 says this. Then he brought him, God brought him outside and said, Look now toward heaven and count the stars if you are able to number them. And he said to them, to him, So shall your seed be. Now listen to verse 6. This is, this is the cracking point. And Abraham believed in the Lord and God acted counted it to him for righteousness. Oh, this changed everything. We've always thought that righteousness is something you do and that's like kind of a behavior you put up to impress people and convince God that you are on the good side. But rather, 15th Genesis, verse 6 says, And Abraham believed in the Lord, and God accounted it, his believing to him, as righteousness. Wow. So, righteousness is something that's accounted, it's an account, it's an accounting word. 
It's a reckoning word. It's not as transferred like account transferred, transferred onto your account. So it's not something you can get on your own, it's transferred. And, and how does it get transferred for Abraham? Bible says, Abraham believed in the Lord and it was accounted to him for righteousness. It was to his account credited as righteousness. So the credit of righteousness does not come by behavior, it comes by believing. Oh, that's the biggest you can ever hear that determines everything with God. You know, I would say, I'm not a good person. Who is a good person? Who is that perfect and good? Somebody came to Jesus and said, oh, Good master, what shall I do to inherit? Life? Jesus said, Why do you call me good? There's no good except God. Interesting. So, from this verse, Abraham believed in the Lord and it was accounted, transferred to his account as righteousness. So what we call a righteous person is a person who is believing God and that is believing God counted to him as righteousness. So there is nothing before God as behaving that gives you righteousness. Rather, when you believe him, he counts that as righteousness. Now, <laughs> let's be honest here. Who counts righteousness? is God. You cannot count yourself righteous. For instance, you cannot mark your own exam. I mean, you can't, I can't set up an exam for you and you mark yourself, write the exam yourself and mark yourself and call yourself pass. That won't work. Somebody has to mark you. So, God marks righteousness. And from this, we are shocked to hear that He doesn't mark righteousness from behavior. He marks it from believing. Because fundamentally, it's what we believe that will affect our behavior. So he said, Abraham believed in the Lord and was accounted to him for righteousness. Now somebody said, no, that was Abraham. Does that apply to us today? Can we say the same thing applies to us as people who are alive today? Maybe that was Abraham's time and uh, he, he, he just died for Abraham. That's where he got righteousness. Let's hear Romans chapter 4. I love this. Listen to this. Verse 22. And therefore... Let's start from verse 21. about Abraham. And Abraham, being fully convinced that what God had promised, he was also able to perform it. That was believing. And therefore, it was accounted to him for righteousness. Whoa! Because he believed God, God created his account with righteousness. Now, listen to this. I love this. Verse 23. Now, it was not written for his sake alone that it was imputed to him or accounted to him. But also for us, it shall be accounted or imputed to us who believe in him, who raised up the Lord Jesus from the dead, who was delivered up because of our offenses and was raised because of our justification. See, 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 see. So this was not only Abraham's side, but also for us today. So this applies to us. So, how do you become righteous? When I ask you, are you righteous? I know you look at the tally of your behaviors and your actions and you weigh them and you say, oh, I'm not too sure. But when it comes to God, the real original righteousness, who can't righteousness, is when you believe that he can't you righteous. And in today's language, when you believe in Jesus, then God can't that as righteousness. And then you become righteous. Now don't get me wrong. 
I'm not saying it's because of a bad behavior to be righteous. But God does not count behavior primarily as our righteousness. That is the fruit of righteousness. You see, for instance, if you transfer to account money, let's say 100 million naira. Ha! Give me a week or two, it will show up my behavior that I got that money from you. That's where righteousness is. Righteousness can only show up in our behavior when it's first of all transferred to us. And it can only be transferred by gift of God when we believe in. Believing in Christ Jesus is the source of our righteousness. Just like Abraham. If you look at Abraham's life, he had some faults. He lied about his wife. Lied twice about his wife. He had his housemate pregnant to have a child. But God counted him righteous because he believed. Now, we're not excusing Abraham for messing up. God dealt with that. But he was righteous because he believed God. In fact, God had to ask him to behave well because he had become righteous. He didn't behave well to become righteous. He had become righteous. Now he could not behave well. If I don't have lungs, don't expect me to breathe. If I don't have brain, don't expect me to think. But for goodness sake, if I have a brain, I should be thinking. And if I have lungs, it's high time I should be breathing. So, being righteous starts by believing. Abraham believed in the Lord and it was accounted to him, credited to him, transferred to him as righteousness. See, credit of faith no credit of behavior. Let's explore this more. Let's go to Romans chapter 4 to prove this. Some of you say, are you sure what you are saying? Let's read uh, uh, Romans chapter 4 from verse 1. What then shall we say that Abraham our father has found according to the flesh? For if Abraham was made righteous by his actions, his works, his behavior, he has something to boast about, but not before God. For what does the scripture say? Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness. Now this is New Testament talking about what Abraham did in Genesis. For what does the scripture say? Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness. Now look at, look at verse 4. Romans 4 verse 4. Now to him who walks, the wages are not counted as grace but as death. Now if you work for something, I mean you work for a particular job and I, I don't dash you the money when you finish work, I pay you. That's a wage salary. Now look at verse 5. But to him who does not work, but believes on him who justifies the ungodly, his faith is accounted for righteousness. Hmm. Let's read this Bible. Message Bible. Makes it quite clearer. It says this. Listen to this. So how do we fit what we know of Abraham? Romans 4 verse 1. Our first father in the faith. Into this new way of looking at things, we are looking at this is a new way of looking at righteousness. If Abraham, by what he did for God, got God to approve him and make him righteous, he could certainly have taken credit for it. That means his behavior. But the story we are given is a God story, not an Abraham story. It's not Abraham. Let me explain now. It's not Abraham who is going about to accumulate his own righteousness. It was God that was accounting and transferring to him righteousness from himself, which is far better. 
If I'm poor and you are rich, when you give me your clothes, it's satisfied that my own clothes is poverty stricken. If God gives you righteousness, he must be really super duper righteousness. Listen to this. What we read in scripture is Abraham entered into what God was doing for him by believing. And that was the turning point. He trusted God to set him right instead of trying to be right on his own. Wow. So Abraham trusted God to make him right. And God made him right. He was not trying to be right on his own to get hold of God. Wow. Now let's look at verse 4. Romans 4. Bible. If you're a hard worker and do a good job, you deserve your pay. We don't call your wages a gift. But if you see that the job is too big for you, that is something only God can do, and you trust him to do it, you could never do it for yourself, no matter how hard and long you worked. Well, that trusting him to do it is what gets you set right with God. By God. Hallelujah. Share gifts. Wow. So if you trust God to do you right, that you're trusting God to do you right, God will set you right for believing that. Hallelujah. I mean, that's just marvelous. That's just great. That's just wonderful. So I can say I'm righteous because I believe, knowing fully well, my believing in Jesus Christ transferred to my account, credited me with Righteousness from God. Not my own kind of righteousness, but it transferred righteousness. So I can say now, I am righteous. Boldly and confidently because God himself counted me righteous. At the end of the day, it's going to determine whether you are righteous or not. Not our behavior. Now we can behave after and God will demand us to behave by what we have. I mean, you shouldn't be having a lot of money and be behaving like a poor man, that's a travesty. It won't work. Now, now somebody said, but what about all my sins and all my misbehaviors that I just couldn't help myself from doing? What am I going to do with all those sins? I mean, if I'm, if I'm counted righteous, what about all my act of righteousness and wickedness? Let's go back to Romans chapter 4. Let's hear from what the Bible said, verse 6. But just as David also described the blessedness of the man to whom God imputes righteousness apart from works. So, there is a blessing that comes when God accounts to you, credit to your account righteousness. What is that blessing? Look at verse 7, Romans 4 verse 7. Blessed are those whose lawless deeds are forgiven, whose sins are covered. Blessed is the man to whom the Lord shall not impute sin. Whoa! Let's hear from the Message Bible. David confirms this way of looking at it, saying that the one who trusts God to do the putting everything right, without insisting on having a say in it, is one fortunate man. So when you are not insisting on making yourself righteous, and you are trusting God to make you righteous, and you become righteous, that's a blessing that comes with it. And what that blessing? It says this, Fortunate are those whose crimes are cutted off, whose sins are wiped clean from the slate, and fortunate the persons against whom the Lord does not keep score of wrongs. Wow. 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 So, there is a blessing that comes. You see, when you look at righteousness as a gift from God, if it's your own behavior, how are you going to offset all your other bad behaviors that you have done? <laughs> you can't offset that with one nice good behavior right now. It's already that you can't. But when God accounts his own righteousness to you because you believe 
He will give you the blessing that attests that gift of righteousness. And that blessing is this. Blessed are those whose iniquities are forgiven. Whose sins are covered. And blessed is not those who are not accounting. So, the moment God counts you righteousness, He counts out sin from your life. He counts in forgiveness. And He counts your sins taken care of. Wow. Wow. You are justified. As somebody said, just as if you have never sinned. So God is declaring your slate clean. Not because you did something to make him do that, but because you believe in him who justifies the ungodly. He justifies the ungodly. He makes right the ungodly. And when he does that to you, you have to have this act in your bone and in your being. You know, you got to accept this. Not just hear it like this and say, okay, all right. Accept it deep down. For instance, if I give you a car, transfer all the ownership to you, you don't see that car as just not your own. It's your own. No, it's a gift, but it's your own. So, you've been given righteousness. Take it like a breastplate to cover your chest. Like, like Paul said in the book of Ephesians, says, use it as a breastplate to cover your chest. To cover your heart from all kinds of thoughts. Are you condemnation kind of stuff? You, you, you're going to have to take this and cover your heart with it as a breastplate. And say, God has made me righteous. Oh, glory to God. You know, let's go to Romans chapter 8. Let's hear what something that Paul said, talking about righteousness. Look at verse 33. I love this. Okay, let me start from verse 31. What else are we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? Accounted, believing for us. Then who can be against us? Who can call us wicked? Who can call us unrighteous? Look at verse 32, Romans 8. He would not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all. How shall he not with him also freely given us all things? Now, this is the key. Now, don't just think God just kind of, uh, just cancel it like that. And say, okay, your sins forgiving, and then I'm going to give you the righteousness. It's because Jesus paid for it. So, now we have a person who worked for it, not you worked for it. Jesus worked for that righteousness. He went to the cross. He paid with his life. He shed his blood so you can be made righteous. So, just more than just a kind of a donation. It's a rightful donation because it was paid for. By the blood of Jesus. Just like your mother paid for your life by her blood shed in the labor room. Your mom, let's imagine in America, when she gave back to you in America, her blood paid for your citizenship in that labor room. Jesus' blood paid for your righteousness, your right in God's kingdom. That word also means right, righteousness, right. So you have right now because. God conferred the rights on you and the privileges of the kingdom. So you are righteous now. Hallelujah. Look at verse 32, 33, Romans 8. Who shall bring a charge against God's elect? It is God who makes righteous. Hallelujah. So whatever dream you have at night that's condemning you, whatever voice in the day, whatever thought coming at you, don't forget that it's God who made you righteous. It's God who set you free from sin when you came to Jesus. When you receive Christ as your Lord and Savior, He declares you righteous. And no one can declare you unrighteous because you cannot undo the works of God. 
No one. He said, who is he? Verse 34. Who is he who condemns? It is Christ who died. And furthermore, is also risen. Who is even at the right hand of God who also makes for us intercessions? Oh, glory to God. So someone said, okay, 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 okay. okay. Do you show that this thing is still going on till now? Yeah, it's still going on because Christ is still there. The price is paid. He's there. He's risen from the dead and he's watching over us and he's standing in God for us. So let's deal with this. Pastor, if I'm righteous, what about if I sin? How do I, how do I, how do I, how do I solve that? What do I do with that? Okay, let's read about that in the Bible. First John 2. First John 2, verse 1. He says this, my little children, these things are right to you so that you, will not, you may not sin. So when you begin to take this truth and righteousness and you are gifted righteousness, you are now righteous with God, and your sins are forgiven, you don't walk around in sin anymore. Sin is behind you. But, look at this and if anyone sins, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. Now, why do Christians sin too that they are righteous? It's because they still have their bodies and they have their mind that's not yet perfect, that's not yet altogether. And, and then your body and your mind can take you into sin and you fall into sin. So if any man sins, he said we have an advocate with the Father. Jesus Christ who paid the price is still there for us today. He's not disappeared, he's not gone, he's not dead in the grave. He's alive and well and he's interceding for us. So he says, if you sin, we have an advocate with the Father. And verse 2, 1 John 2, 2 says, And he himself is the propitiation or the appeasing sacrifice for our sins, and not for ours only, but also for the whole world. The sacrifice of Jesus is for all time and all place and everyone. Not exempted. Somebody said, okay, so what do I do when I sin? First John 1 verse 9 says, If we confess our sins, it's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Mm. So when I mess up, I do something wrong, which I didn't really want to do from my heart, but I just messed up. I should not just sit down there and be looking and be either stupid and don't acknowledge it or so fearful, don't go back to God. I should just say, Father, I miss it. I acknowledge I've sinned. You have made me righteous, but I've done something stupid to make me to put unrighteousness back on me. But I'm sorry I sinned. And here I am. I acknowledge my sin. I've done it. And it's wrong. The Bible says, God is faithful and righteous to forgive us our sins and to cleanse that unrighteousness that comes from that sin away from us. So that unrighteousness that comes as a stain on us from that sin we commit. Will be wiped out when we confess our sins. That's all we have to do. Good to go. And then you feed on the word of God and it will increase your sense of righteousness and you will awake to righteousness and sin will start losing its dominion over you because you are righteous in Christ Jesus. One more time. Are you righteous? Now you know the answer. If you got faith in Jesus, you are bold as a righteous man. Thank you for listening.